You're unbelievable. No. Go, go. I wouldn't do that. No. No. What not to do? You're unbelievable. Welcome back to What Not To Do. I am Tristan Noel LeClaire, your spiritual bestie, personal trainer, nutritionist, mom, friend, romantic failure. So happy you're here. How's it going? How was your Valentine's Day? Mine was, uh, mine was, uh, wah, wah, nothing happened. Big shocker. But the day before, I did get to participate in this amazing photo shoot with this woman I've been following forever. And I normally don't pay for shoots like I trade or the photographer can use the image or whatever. Like I've been shooting for years and years and years. But this one, I was like, if I leave California and I do not shoot with this person, I will always regret it. And I got to do it and it was so fun. So obviously, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen the images And no regrets because I feel my most self, most alive, sexiest in front of a camera during a photo shoot specifically for the sake of the photo, for the sake of the art. Not so much when I'm hired to like sell something (laughs) during a photo shoot, but if it's just for the sake of the art and getting the picture, I love it. Love moving my body that way. Love expressing myself in that way. Find your thing, right? Find your thing and do it, and even if it's nonsensical. Um, and it's so funny because she's like, do you want to set up your camera? Do you want to set up your phone? Like to take, you know, you, you'll get so much content from our shoot. And I was like, well, I literally just put my Instagram on private and this shoot is just for me. It's like, I don't really even care who sees it. Obviously, I'm going to post it on my Instagram and so those people will see it, but like, I don't really need anything else except just to be here now in this moment. And I'm just stoked to be shooting with you. And then she's so cute. She's Russian. She was like, you know, it's, it's the ones who are so excited to shoot with me that just think I'm the greatest thing ever that make me so nervous to shoot with. And I was like, you got nothing to worry about. Like there's there, you can do no wrong. (laughs) And we got some really, really great stuff. So that was an amazing experience. And that was kind of like my Valentine's day gift to myself never do stuff like that, never spend money on that. And I'm so happy that I did. What else? Uh, oh, we put, we're putting the house on the market and we photo- did the photographer thing where they come and they shoot all the rooms this weekend. It's going up supposedly today as a sneak preview. And then it's on the market as of Thursday. We have open houses this weekend and my real estate agents are like, it's going to go quickly. And you guys, it's all happening all happening like as soon being in being an escrow selling the house having someone say that they want it is kind of like the last step in my head before it's like I'm actually going it's actually happening like I needed everything to happen I needed to pass my exam I needed to do all this stuff before it actually happened and now it's like we're right here and it's going to happen and I'm going to sell this house bittersweet because I really do love my house I think my house is adorable I love the floors. I love the memories. I love the wainscoting. And it's kind of one of those things like, am I going to be able to find this or better where I'm going and leaning into faith that I am on the right trajectory for myself and my children? And it's fucking terrifying. But like, isn't this what life is? Isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm not supposed to be resting on my laurels 
like waiting to be rescued, waiting for something to change. It's like clearly not happening because I've been waiting for almost two years for some kind of shift or opportunity to come along. So I'm making my own opportunity. I'm going to challenge you to do the same. Something's not happening for you and you want it to happen. Take the leap. Take the leap. We're in it together. We're doing it together. We're being brave together. Okay, I will keep you posted on all things with the move as we continue to um, chat together on this. And uh, if you could send any DMs to me regarding how to make this transition easier for my children, especially my seven-year-old, because she has formed really great relationships here with other children. She's really kind of nervous about that, making new friends and um, being in a new environment. It's The whole concept to her is like, you know, it's 5 million questions and I can't blame her, but I also don't have the, all the right answers. And I feel like a lot of my answers are super vague and I want her to feel secure and supported during the, this move. Obviously I want her to be something that she's excited about, not terrified about. <laughs> so if you have any tips, moms and dads, please DM me. I would love to hear them with that. Enjoy this pod on the Akashic records, learning about what it is, I had booked this woman to come on or been talking with her to come on and she's a past lives reader. So the conversation kind of naturally moves in that direction. By now you're probably up to your ears with me talking to people about past lives, but I, I don't, I never get over it. I love this shit. Uh, hopefully you feel the same way. Okay. Enjoy. Aaron guides driven spiritual souls to embrace their purpose, enhance their intuitive channeling and healing abilities, and expand into the power of multidimensionality and past lives. By fusing their modalities and talent, she amplifies their soul's journey, infusing it with depth, power, and purpose, enriching their soul's path and ability to save their clients serve their clients. Erin is a Akashic alchemist, intuitive medium, spiritual mentor, shamanic practitioner, angelic healer, and Reiki master teacher. Welcome to the podcast, Erin. I'm so happy that you're here. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Good. I'm like, you know, spinning all the plates, doing all the things. So happy that we were able to um, get together. So at this point, let me just give you, I don't know if you had a chance to um, research the podcast or listen to any previous episodes, but essentially it started out as like a like a dating relationship divorce co-parenting like my journey you know kind of podcast as I told people what not to do as I kind of moved on into the next phase of my life and I am a proclaimed like romantic failure it's kind of a joke but it's not but because I'm going through a divorce and <laughs> um but since then because I am a spiritual person and actually previously had a spiritual podcast, the podcast could literally be called like Tristan and her psychic friends because <laughs> I literally have so many people come on this podcast that are like, you know, tarot readers, psychic mediums, etc. Um, because I'm so into it and there's always more questions to be asked. And something that kind of keeps coming up on previous podcasts uh, is this term you know akashic records and yeah. so many people listeners they they you know that we hear they hear that and they don't understand what it is then i don't feel i'm like i don't feel educated enough to expand on it in my dms so i was like i need to have somebody come on explain what akashic records are how we access them why they're important etc cetera, etc cetera. absolutely so you know my spiritual journey started I don't know, 
six years ago. And I really started with Reiki for chronic pain. And I really started it right after I had gastric sleeve surgery. Uh, my chronic pain was my knee and it was really bad. And I was obviously very heavy in my depression, anxiety, all of that stuff. So I had a lot of trauma, a lot of pain that I never was able to let go of. And so I kind of threw down with spirit in that recovery process. I wasn't really talking to God and I was like, I need something. And I found my mentor and she's like, you need to do Reiki, which not to have a Reiki session, but be attuned to Reiki. And then it turned on my ability to connect with spirit. And then not very long into that journey, they're like, I kept hearing the same term, Akashic Records. I'm like, what is that? And when I explored it a little bit, it's really, it's your past lives. So your Akashic Records is your, I like to say it's your soul's diary. Everything you've ever done, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between is all stored in your past lives. And the more that I kind of dove into my real healing journey and, you know, intuitive journey and connection to spirit, and the more I really realized how much our past lives, even though maybe it was bazillions of years ago, you know, maybe we weren't human or whatever it was, is that it really, they really hold on to us today. They, there's patterns and there's connotations and there's habits and routines and people, curses, whatever things happen in past lives, either that we put on ourselves because we never want to harm somebody like that again, or, you know, um, somebody else curses us, harms us, whatever, put something intentionally on our soul because they just hate us or whatever it was. But, you know, there's so many things that affect our current life from our past lives. So I really expanded on that journey and I really developed some means and methods to heal through your past lives and understand your past lives and get clarity and bring forward the good stuff and, you know, release and shed the stuff that does contribute to holding us back today. So witch wounds, a lot, a lot of people might hear the word witch wounds and all of us are doing some shadow work in some form and ancestral healing and the, the whole kit and caboodle of all of that is your soul holds on to everything in yeah. your kind of yeah. Akashic and we've, record. We've book. had people come on and speak about past lives and, you know, how you kind of carry that with you. I like, I really want to understand what are the Akashic records? Is it like a physical place? Is it, it's kind of been described as a library to me. Are there people, is it on a different plane? Like what specifically is it, are they and where are they held and how do we access them? Who's monitoring this? Is it a physical plane? Like those are my questions. Um, so how I learned to access the records and everybody's perception of it is a little bit different. And how I teach is you really, uh, have, you set an intention and your hallway might look a little bit different, but I don't necessarily have to go into the records anymore. I just go straight in and do the work every once in a while. They'll show me the book, but everybody has like a book or a few books and, everybody's perception, how they see it is a little bit different. Is it a different realm, a different plane, a different, just really depends on the person and what you need and what you need to experience. But, but like, even now you're saying they, like to the listener, they're like, who is they? What are you talking about? So they whoever wants to, whoever's accessing them. So when I access it for other people, I describe it. When I teach people, whatever you are experiencing, that's exactly what you need. So maybe an angel presents your book to you. Maybe it's your spirit guide. It might be somebody different every single time. You know, it's really about where you're at and what you need. You know, it might be a galactic being. It might be, um, you know, it might be on the galactic realm. Your library might look like you're in a kind of a, a space or on a planet or it's really, there's really no one finite place that everybody goes to access. It's really, you know, it, it's more about the information that's held there and it's your personal information. And, you know, 
how I teach my students is to go into the library, however you see it, sit down and your book, your book might be presented and the information in your book might already be there. Or when you're asking and setting your intention, then they might flip to the page and then the text might be written and then they'll show you the lifetime. They'll take you to the lifetime. So not everybody can visually see. So maybe they hear what that lifetime is like, or maybe they sense what that lifetime is like, or, you know, different guides come in every single time. And it's, it's, it's really a very unique, there is really, I guess my practice is so open that I don't control anything. So who or whatever I need to experience or my clients or students, that's what we experience. You know, if you need to control, it's going to be a very different outcome and it's going to be a very challenging time for you to get the information that you want from your from your past lives from your from your akashic records i still feel like if somebody were to tune in right now they still wouldn't understand what the akashic records were does that make sense like I, like I, I i want you to explain what it is and like where is it and like does that make sense uh, i mean does but it doesn't change my answer no okay. um, so i when i listened to rebecca campbell before she kind of explained it as akashic records are stored and some kind of other realm in a library basically and there's somebody monitoring it you know there's like why spirits or some kind of other entity monitoring it and we do have access to them maybe a lot of us, myself included, aren't like in touch with that part of ourselves that would be able to access it. So that's why we have to use like other medium people with special spiritual gifts and things to access it. Um, is Am I on the right track here? I haven't experienced it like that. So okay. there's never a moderator. There's never anybody in control. Can you go in and access somebody's records without their permission? No, you will not get accurate information. You will not get you know, if you go, if you want the process and you go kind of how my library looks, it's really just kind of looks like a library, lots and lots of shelves, the book that I'm, you know, working on, if it's that person, then that book is presented. And then I, most of my sessions haven't been live. They are live now, but their book, all books look a little bit different. So it might be a really old, intricate book. It might, your Akashic Records is just your past life diary. I mean, it's okay. that simple. It's really not this big, elaborate, hidden, sacred place. Your past lives are your sacred place. It is your, you know, Akashic Records book could look different every single time that you you personally view it or somebody like me views it for you or helps you view it, whatever. You know, your book might look different every single time. And it's, there has been really no rhyme or reason Spirit has given me for any of that. And you know, I don't need regimented strict processes. And maybe that's why my process is a little different, you know. So um, keepers, like Spirit has kind of told me that I'm kind of a creator or one of the the main people of the Akashic Records. And that's why it's so simple and easy for me. So okay, maybe that's what it is. Because someone someone like me or someone listening or like it still sounds really kind of almost confusing. Like, like yes. Well, yeah. and, I, and I had a hard time teaching people because I was told spirit. I was like, it's so easy. And they're like, no, it's easy for you. You know, and I was like, oh, you know, so like I've spent years creating, you know, the process that I use and clearing and bringing things forward and getting understanding um, and you know, when I teach that, it's like, it's, 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 it's different. Cause it's, it is very easy for me. It's always been easy. The, the minute that I started this journey has been easy. And I've always been able to connect with things from the past, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing, 
you know, up until the age of 39. I didn't know that's what was happening, but I could touch an old thing and be in that old time. Not, not just be like, oh my gosh, it'd be cool to be on the prairie days. Like, no, I literally knew what it was like to lay in a straw bed and, you know, carry your water and warm it up and, and do that stuff. Like, that's so cool. It just, it's just, I've always felt that way. So I, you know, I'm, I'm probably way more, you know, connected past life and realms and timelines and, and things just naturally. So it's just super simple for me. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing for me. It's like, yeah, it's just, you know, so that's why I like to leave it open when I teach and when I help people, because you see and experience and feel exactly what you need to see, feel, feel and experience. You know, you might not get like your lifetime from birth to death, you know, might not know that you were married or had kids because it doesn't matter. You know, what's what we need to witness and present is what's presented. So but I like to go into the lifetimes and go in and get what we need. I don't like to go into past lives just to like witness them. You know, I really, you know, what do we need? What, where are you at? What's holding oh, you not back? me? I would, I would totally just be down to just witness and like watch it like a movie. <laughs> like, yes, it is cool. It is very cool. It just doesn't, most people don't have such sessions for that reason. You know what, what I mean? It's like, what is an Akashic alchemist? Um, Really? I just like to say it's really just under how to like transform your past lives and how to really understand your history and clear it and heal it and, and make it more powerful today. So if we want to bring forward your intuitive and healing abilities from the past or your mm -hmm. wisdom, maybe you were a scholar, maybe uh, you liked to create herbs and tinctures back then, you know, sometimes back in like a life, it's happened a lot lately where one of my students, she um, does tinctures and herbs today. So one of the lifetimes that we had, it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty elaborate lifetime, but we found kind of a hidden journal that she had kept that she can bring forward today. So like she can use that, those recipes and that information and that knowledge and that wisdom. So like a physical, know, she found a physical secret journal. I mean, physically in a past life. Yes. So okay. like <laughs> slap it down in front of her as a real book. No, but she can channel it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. She can read it, you know, if she's automatic writing or channeling or trans channeling, whatever her favorite method of connecting with spirit is. So like she can read through that. You know what I mean? So um, there's just so much powerful, good stuff to bring forward, you know, and there is some stuff we just need to clear and release, too. So explain automatic writing. Automatic writing was honestly, that's how I started connecting with spirit. So really what I do, what how I like to do it and teach it is uh, sit with and I always like to go with my main guide or, you know, my, my main guide, my bouncer guide, my mom is in spirit. So sometimes I'll, I don't really need to automatic write, but I like to physically see the words. But when I first started automatic writing, so write a question, one question that you want, maybe it's connecting to that guide and you want to connect to that guide to say, okay, so who are you? Are you a male? Are you, a, you know, and just ask one question. Who are you? What's your name? And then what do you get? You just start writing. And I always ask, make sure you ask for it to be distinguishable because spirit talks to you in your voice. It is not a got a booming God voice. It is not a male voice or a female voice. You are going to hear from spirit in your own voice. So it really confuses you at first. So, um, spirit for me will always write in all capitals and I write normally. So I know that it's spirit when I'm writing, they're in all capitals. I mean, I have, I don't know how many journals and journals of automatic writing, but you know, you can automatic write for pages on. And on you're sure, like, how do you know that that spirit's voice and not your voice? 
Like you're not just pulling something out of your creative ass, basically. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have any distrust. I mean, I've. Been but how would I for... know? Like, how would the regular person that doesn't identify as a? You have to build that connection with your spirit team, and that's it. That's really important. You you just if you want to, you know. I don't really like the term psychic. It gets blacklisted really fast. But, you know, if you want to develop your gifts and abilities, connect with spirit, your spirit team, your spirit guides, your loved ones, it's very intentional. You have to ask them to be present. And uh, I like to say you, we have to get rid of a lot of the mind fuckery and we got to really calm down the overwhelm and that confusion and that doubt and that fear. And I have absolutely no doubt when I ask a question that it's my main guide. I have absolutely no you know, I have no mistrust or anything. I know exactly who it is. If it's my mom, my main guide, my bouncer guide, my money guide, my whatever. I know who it is. I know their energy. Are you saying bouncer guide, like security guard bouncer? Yes. He's my protector. Oh, okay. Go on. So those, those two are the main ones that I have my students start with because you, you need your main guide or guides, main guide or guides. I have two main guides, um, but you need your main guide to be like your kind of your front your front man and then your bouncer guide is is the one who's gonna protect you and keep you keep all of your intentions and boundaries in line and i personally clear a lot of entities and beings and yucky things so uh he's like an eight foot tall giant half galactic being half angel and he helps protect me and what i do and my clients and so uh creating that kind of connection with them is is really important so i just know and and i i know their energy i know where they touch my body so that's uh, funny because i was told by um somebody else that one of my spirit guides around me is like a literal like mama bear and i wonder Mm -hmm. like a literal bear and i (laughs) i wonder if that's my bouncer guide might be absolutely they're i'm gonna say they're generally not i don't know they're not little people they're usually some big energy uh-huh. very very protective and very very safe i've seen all kinds of beings things like nothing surprises me okay like when you watch star wars and you're like what the hell are those beings and then you start seeing them when you do intuitive work but i'm very open like i said i don't push anything away i don't have any fear or doubt so i see all kinds of weird stuff and i'm just very open but you know allowing so ask that you know just you can automatic write are you my bouncer guide what is okay. your name what can i call you how can you support me um what can and you can create a you need to intentionally create signs with them so you say okay bouncer guide show me the picture of a bear whatever it is so you yeah. might see that picture in your third eye maybe you get on facebook and you see winnie the pooh maybe you see a black bear whatever fighting like that is a sign don't make it complicated it is super simple so you know, my guides all touch me on a certain spot on my body. I created that because I, I just, you know, I have ADHD and a busy mind and all these things. So um, I didn't want to mind fuck myself to death. So I created signs on my body, like physical angels touch my head. Isis touches my back. My main guide touches one spot on my hand and my mom touches another, you know, everybody touches me in a different spot. So um, it's that immediate awareness if I need to pay attention or do something, but, you know, connect, create that connection with your bouncer guide to say, okay, who are you? You know, what can I call you? And you might not, they, a lot of times they, it's really hard to understand their name. So they'll give you some weird little, you know, call me this or call me that. But it's really about just you knowing that they're close in their presence. So you can sit in automatic, right? And you say, okay, what's your name? How will I know you? Um, and then ask them to come close. And this is how I like to teach people. It's very, very simple. Ask your bouncer guy 
to literally come up to you nose to nose. What does that feel like? Did you feel an energy shift? Did you feel a cool breeze? Did you feel a warmth? Do you feel fur? Do you feel, did you get a smell? Like, did you get an ear tingle? Like what body sensations are you feeling as you're asking them to come close? Because you are creating this safe space for them to be with you, you know? So creating that and recognizing, and then you can ask them, okay, now step back. And then you can say, okay, now step forward again. And did the energy change, you know? Just really start to allow yourself to really feel them and be in their presence. Like maybe you just feel yourself being crowded all of a sudden. Like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. What's going on? It might be maybe your guides are just like surrounding you. Maybe they're literally protecting you from something, someone, an energetic attack, a psychic attack, whatever it is. You know, maybe you're going into Walmart and and they're just like, holy shit, we really got to protect you before you go in here. You know, it's... Uh, allowing yourself to really feel that that closeness and that protection of of your guides and your loved ones and your spirit team is just it's very powerful and it's very simple we make it really complicated so is your mom a part of your spirit team or she just hangs out she's always just hanging out like it's kind of funny you think that your mom is gonna be like a front and center but she's not she's just always there if i need her she steps forward she's been stepping forward a little bit more lately um, on her own without me calling her forward but she hasn't she's wanted there. to like reincarnate again or their souls fracture so she can go and be human again but part of her stays here so part of her can be with my brother part of her can be with me part of when you know a soul's fracture so they can be with everybody or they're omnipresent is kind of what god says to me okay uh, they can be with a whole bunch of people at once they're not picking and choosing which which loved one to be with so um, they can choose to move on in the human existence again and they part of them still stays behind too. So. Were you like, have you had many lifetimes with your mom as different people? No, I don't know. You know what? I've never asked that. I don't what? know why. That'd be the no. first thing that I'd ask. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, she's been gone for so like she died when I was 16. So like I don't know. I've never asked that. It's very interesting. Well, ask. Oh wait. <laughs> let's figure it out like what if what if um you were her mom in a past life or something who knows it happens and sometimes it's real weird because maybe your husband this time was your kid in another lifetime or that tracks actually that that tracks it's real weird like you know somebody might be having sex within this lifetime could have been a kid or a dad or a mom and i i the shock factor for me isn't there anymore but when i teach people i'm like okay now you know you might witness yourself hurting somebody you might witness yourself being hurt you might witness you know, your kid, but you're, you know, back then they were your partner and you might witness yourself doing stuff you don't want to think about. So but you're coaching you're- people and are they going into some kind of hypnosis as you're coaching them and you're, you're trying to connect them to their past life or, um, are you telling no, them what to do? On them how to do it. They, I have some guided meditations that they can use to start with. And then there's just different processes. So it's can be as simple. And I have a free, uh, guided meditation on my website. You're welcome. Anybody's welcome to try and I just recommend people just do it every day. Like, do you have a different experience? Did you have a different information? Did you have, you know, like same thing, but what did you feel? Did you feel different energy today than you did yesterday? Did you get more information from that past life than you did the day before? Like, it's really just about really leaning in and really feeling into it. So anybody's welcome to uh, go in and try that free guided meditation. Because there's a work, I, I believe I have a workbook with it as well. Some prompts like, you know, do this every day, ask these questions, do this. Um, but there's just different ways you can uh, meditate. I consciously do it. Like I'm, I'm awake. I use a pendulum. I write it down. And 
I, but I very easily see spirit easily shows me, tells me, takes me in, in, you know, I don't have to be in any type of a trans state or meditation to do any spiritual work. So I just see it, but I guide the students. There's different methods and ways for them to do it. So they can try the meditation. They can try, um, uh, you know, um, the same way, the conscious, and they can try, you know, doing it on their own in their own meditation. They can, there's just different means and ways. It's, it's, not everybody works the same and communicates the spirit the same. So, you know, um, if I have students and they're like, none of these methods are working, we figure it out for them. You know, I just channel it and figure it out for them. So it's really, and I guess for me, that's, it's just always making sure that whatever that student is or they need or whatever they're seeing or hearing, then we just need to make sure that they know how to get in for themselves, you know, because like I said, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a process, but it's also very unique to everybody and how you connect with spirit and what information you get or, you know, like some people are like my mentor, my old mentor, she was afraid to be touched. She doesn't want spirit anywhere near her. Me, I prefer it. You know what I mean? So uh, it's really about what you yeah, I personally. Don't, I don't want to be touched. I'm cool. Yeah. And that's a boundary and you don't have to have that. So signs you can create with them or are visual. Maybe it's an audible. Maybe it's maybe there's a favorite movie scene or a flower or whatever. As long as you recognize that sign, you know, it doesn't matter. Asking for uh, signs. I did like a whole episode on signs in a previous podcast that I did. Um, but asking for signs changed, kind of changed everything for me because once I realized how easy it is to ask for a sign yeah. and then receive a sign, it was kind of creepy, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. And my favorite thing I like to tell people to do is write them down all day every day for weeks especially when you're kind of starting and you have some doubt mm -hmm. like everything you're asking for or maybe you're just trying to be like okay spirit what about this and then maybe you don't feel anything in the moment but then so like my mom's name was julie so i'll see a license plate jle j-u-l um and then the number so whatever the number is i look it up because that's a sign my brother's name is j-e is jeff so it's j-f-e j-e-f or if i see a license plate e-r-n like those are big signs. You know, I've been seeing a bald eagle, which we never have here. You know, the other day I was like, okay, mom, I'm done. I'm just done. And I was coming off the interstate. I was like, if you don't give me a big sign, I just can't do it anymore. And a fucking bald eagle flies. <laughs> literally. So, you know what I mean? Like the signs are so simple and easy. That's why I said, don't make them complicated, but write them down. Okay. I thought about this and then I saw one, one, one. And then I, you know, I had this weird random thought and then you know, I, I saw a rose that reminded me of my grandma, like write it down. What really happens is, and for me, I just remember spirit saying, how many more signs can we literally give you in a day? So like I went through and looked at, you know, I would date my, my, uh, Apple note every single day. And I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 30 signs. Spirit's like, we literally can't give you any more signs. So if you don't catch on what we're throwing down, we can't give you any more. You know what right. I mean? If you see it visually, like how many times you've gotten a sign, it's like, holy Mary. And then you really start paying attention. I have know? a girlfriend like, right now that just started seeing 111 and 1111 like everywhere. Um, okay. And she's freaking out because she's like never had this happen to her in her life. And for me, it's like old hat. <laughs> I, yeah. I, but but I'm like, see, and I'm like, now you'll see it everywhere. And like, this is that was, it's like she's just now dipping her toe into like, signs and like seeing signs and yeah. receiving messages from the universe and it's kind of exciting to witness it is so she must be having some shifts or wanting some shifts in her life yes. that's kind of forcing the rug yes and um i like what happened with me is i when i was like i used to do this challenge with um 
what is her name? Gabby Bernstein. Do you know Gabby Bernstein? She so. like writes all those manifestation books, like the universe has your okay, back. Okay, yeah, I think I read one. Did she do the money one? No, that's Jen Sincero. Um, oh, I, I, I love I that I one by one. Jen Sincero. Um, yeah, the money one, the green one, right? Yeah, I, but I, I read the original one, which is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And yeah, I, that one. That, that book is that. amazing. I loved that book. And at the time, there was like really not a lot of narrative out there like that. And so, yeah. and I listened to the audiobook, and I was going through a really yep. interesting time in my life. And I was like, I am a badass. That book's great. I highly yeah. recommend that book. But yeah, so I signed up. Gabby Bernstein does this challenge every January where she is like a manifestation challenge, a 21 day manifestation challenge. And so every day, and it's cheap, it's like $37 or something. And then every day for 21 days, you get like a prompt or like a meditation to listen to. And the idea is at the end of the 21, days you're going to manifest what it is that you were trying to manifest and so because of that i mean there's there's hundreds of people in this challenge and there's a facebook group and so you have some people that are really attempting to manifest and i understand the universe doesn't see size and so it doesn't really matter the size of the thing that you're trying to manifest but i for me i would always kind of keep it very tangible and like tight to the date that the manifestation challenge was ending on you know like to keep yeah. and, and then um and so i feel like people that did that we always accomplish our manifestations and then other people in the group would be like i'm so waiting on that you know what i mean and i'm like well yeah. you, you should have you should have tapered down your manifestation so that it, it aligned with the date in which the challenge ends because everything's coming to this end date of this manifestation happening um and so if you're not in alignment with like this big thing happening in 21 days, it's not going to happen. Right. So yeah. on like the seven, I think it was like the 17th day or something like that. She, she, brought, she talks about signs. And I remember the first time I did this challenge, I was like, I really want to see, I think it was like a black cat or something like that, or some kind of cat that I wanted to see. Anyways, I like said I wanted to see this, and then like a week goes by, and I remember my ex-husband being like, so you see your sign yet? Because he knew I was like working <laughs> on something. And I was like, no. And then we like sat down and we watched a show. And it was like a, it was kind of like a murdery sci-fi kind of show. Randomly, the lead character who's female is in this house. It's a random scene. She's in this house and like this old person's dying and she's like, and nowhere have they talked about this before. And she's like, I finished the quilt. She pulls out the quilt and on the quilt is like stitched as black cats and cats. And then um, the second year I did it, I was like, oh shit, I'm behind. I haven't done my sign thing yet. And I was just feeling, you know how like sometimes you feel in tune and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes you just feel on with it and sometimes you're like forcing it. Yes. Yeah. And most of the time I'm forcing it. But I sat down and I was like, I was just like, oh, I don't know. And she's talking about signs and she's like, ask for this sign and da da da. And I think it was something like, I was like a hummingbird. Like I'll just, I'll ask for a hummingbird. And normally they're like, don't ask for something that you see often or something that means something to you already. Like ask for something kind of random. Right. And yeah. then I, but I was two days behind on, on the challenge. And so I still had a whole other like Gabby message to listen to. So I hit, so I'm like, I finished that. And I was like, ask for the stupid fucking hummingbird. Okay. Moving on. I hit play on this, the next recording that she's doing and like in within one minute she's like how did the sign thing go da, da, da. i asked for a hummingbird <laughs> you're like boom <laughs> i'm right where i need to be right 
So um, and I didn't do it this year because I have so much on my plate. It's not even funny. But it's like I'm, I don't want to say that I'm past asking for signs because I'm not. And I know it will come up again. But it is kind of cool how you move through your spiritual journey, how different things happen. And the more that you learn to like trust the universe and trust that you're co-conspiring with the universe, like it's like kind of things don't upset you. Like you have your human moments where you're going to get upset. For example, I was just studying very hard, like very hard for an exam, an exam that most people, nobody, nobody, nobody had any qualms to tell me, like, you know, most people fail that exam the first time they take it. Like, it was like, like, I was like, I get it. Like, I understand this is hard. It's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to finish. I'm going to figure it out. So you have to apply through this thing to get the exam date. And then I'm taking the exam out of state. So the test had to get shipped to somewhere else. And, um, anyways, I show up on the day to take the test. It's an hour away in torrential rain and they don't have my test in the system. And I was, I felt ready to take the test. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and as I'm driving, like literally I'm in the same moment that I'm having the, are you fucking kidding me? This is bullshit. I'm ready. In the same moment I'm having that thought, I'm simultaneously having the thought must not be my time to take this test yet. Yep. And I went home and I, I put back on, you know, I opened back up my book and I started listening and I found a plethora of things that I could be way better educated on before I took the test. And I took the test on Tuesday and, um, I'm, and I passed, I got, I passed, Yay! um, but I was just like, and I came back and I'm, you know, I, I don't really have time to like celebrate that win because I, when I say I'm in transition and I'm running a marathon right now, I really am. So it's like, it's just like, okay, on to the next thing that I have to check off to get to where I want to go. But I came home and I was like, you know, kind of like buzzing. Cause I'm happy that I did it. I remember. And I stopped and I just turned to my room and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to my spirit guides. You guys are totally looking out for me. The universe has my back. It really does because I really did need that extra time to go back in and learn the other material to t- yep. pass this test because the test was hard as fuck like <laughs> there's no way yep. that i would have passed it on that first try there's not and yep. like and and that's a big thing it's like it's really hard to learn to give over to spirit i i always say ask allow receive ask for what you want allow it to come and receive it when it does but breaking that human construct of you know what the f- you know you could have taken a whole detour on that like i spent the money i spent the time i have the time off and i'm here but the reality is if something doesn't work out, like if I have a full day of clients and appointments and classes that I'm teaching and three people don't show up or they can't or they're sick, it's because it's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some days I don't want to go into a session or I'm just not, you know what I mean? And if they come, if they're ready, then it's supposed to be. If they don't, it's just not. And having that energy behind it, you know, it's it's such a powerful thing. Like, okay, well, there's a reason. And sometimes things are hard and yucky, like you don't, you know, they're hard and yucky that you're going through, but at the end, it's going to be so much better if you just really give it over to spirit and be like, okay, well, that kind of sucks and pisses me off a little, but there's a reason, you know, like, and you don't need to know what the reason is, but really just leaning on spirit there. And you just really learn to lean on spirit and you're like, okay, make it good. Yeah, you know, it, and it's literally just on. a matter of practice because our human, like, I feel myself even doing it now, like right now, like we just met with my listing agent because I'm putting the house up for sale and I have this is like my next big thing I have to accomplish is yeah selling my house getting my house ready you know and then like moving and like this you know what I mean it's like one thing after another and even I can feel myself doing it now where it's like I'm setting dates up in my head like 
And it's okay to do this because this is going to, you know, I'm trying to manifest this happening or I'm working on this manifestation of it just being simple and easy. And like, I sell the house in this amount of time and I get this money for it and, you know, I'm moving. But like at the same time that I'm like really, I'm, I'm dying to get the show on the road here. I also realized that if the house doesn't sell as soon as I want it to, there's a reason behind it. Like, yeah. you know, and just having that mentality of like, I'm going to keep marching forward towards what I want, but I am co-creating. And so if it doesn't shake out exactly as I'm picturing it, there's purpose behind it. Yes. And it's kind of funny because two years ago in June, we moved. So January 1st, I told my husband, we had a two bedroom house, four of us, you know, my husband and I have two kids mm -hmm. and they're teenagers. And I was like, okay, by June 1st, we're moving. And he's like, what the, what are you, what? And I had a lot of like stuff I needed to fix in the house and do. And I was like, nope, by June 1st, we're moving. And he's like, you're crazy. He's like, and he was just kind of getting a little pissy, but I'm like, I'm done. So it was right after COVID and lockdown and he didn't have to work. And the kids, I said, I can't, I will, I'm going to murder people. Right. I can't be, can't do this anymore. And one bathroom, two bedrooms, you know, four people like, no. So guess what day we moved? June 1st. June 1st. <laughs> and I had a lot of work to do. I had a lot of fixing and construction and a lot of stuff to do. And uh, a lot of stuff we ended up having to get repaired and a lot of money we had to spend to get stuff fixed. And we did not have a big house, but yeah, June 1st. And so my husband was like, he doesn't 100% understand what I do, but he's like, whatever magic you got to do. So our quotes were like eight, $9,000 to get some stuff fixed. And he's like, whatever magic you got to do. I remember sitting at my son's baseball game, whatever magic you got to do to make it like be way less, just do it. <laughs> and, um, because we were waiting for the quote to come in and uh or the final his final bill and yeah it was like three or four thousand where it was supposed to be like eight or nine and he's like thank god you did your mat you know what i mean so it's like you know i just kind of have to tell him like we just have to have faith if it's supposed to be it'll be it'll just work out the more right. pressure we put on, the harder it's going to be like might not be exactly what we want but if we let spirit navigate and negotiate it it's going to be better release surrender yeah. release like and it's hard. My like constant... hardest human thing I think that we have to do. It really you know, is. Spirit, it's literally like a like Russian roulette. You're like, but I need to control it. And you know, control for me was learning was part of my survival method that I learned at a very young age. So control, you know. And after my mom died, it was Uber control. So on my spiritual journey, I had to learn to let go of control. And damn, that is a hard one. But holy crap, it is so freeing when you're not controlling every element of your life. That's my number one like lesson that I'm learning right now is to not try to control. The cool thing is, is I'm in, I'm on the other side and I can see when I'm doing it. So it's like, I've, <laughs> at least I know I've grown and I'm going in the right direction, but control, yeah. you know, being in control and it, it's all about feeling safe. That's all that it comes back to. Yes. Yep. And so my favorite tip for, if you're trying to really release stuff to spirit literally envision it in your hands so you want to sell your house let's say you want to sell your house by july 29th you don't want a lot of pains in the asses you want your inspections to go well you don't want to have to pay for a lot of repairs or cash out of pocket just closing everything just goes well because all the way up until closing like they can fucking back out so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and just say it like everything with you know selling the house it goes to the right people the right time everything just works out literally put it in your hands everything that you want you're ready for and then literally just envision handing it over to spirit. Even if you don't know what your guides look like, just say, okay, spirit, now this is your problem. And I literally throw my hands back up in the air. Like, Hey, no, it's like, no, no, take backsies. It's yours. And literally just give it over, like literally give it over. 
And it's so freeing. It's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know what I mean? And that's my favorite thing to do to literally just give it over. Like, okay, that's like your that. problem. <laughs> yeah, I do like that a lot. When you say spirit, are you are you talking about God source universe and your spirit team? Or like you see it as like a blanket? No, I always say, usually when I say my spirit team, whoever, like my main guide, my bouncer guide, you know, the kind of the main people, my mom's usually always around, um, but I'm so open, whoever else is supposed to be there to help maybe with that manifestation or that healing or clearing. I just, I know that I am safe and protected and only those for my highest and best good are allowed. So if I see I, ISIS or Athena or some weird, you know, I have a really weird Wookiee guy. Like if they pop in with what I'm doing, then that's what I need. You know, I don't restrict it. So I'm just like, whoever, whatever, I don't care who wants to take this, but it's, you know, I'm going to drop it like it's hot. It's now it's your problem. So usually always my main guide, my bouncer guide uh, are kind of always the front runners I give stuff to, but you know, I might have 30 other people or mama Gray's a galactic being that helps me heal and do stuff. So if she pops in, I'm like, holy shit, shit get real. But I don't, I don't fear or doubt it. I just, I just have that much trust. You know, if somebody's stepping in, then that's who I need or who needs to take over that action or whatever it is. So how often do you like commune directly with like the highest of sorts? God, he's always here whenever I need him. Sometimes when I do like a couple weeks ago, when I did a, a clearing and healing for somebody, he like held her in his arms and she sat in his lap and we just healed and cleared. But He's always around, but sometimes he specifically comes in for myself, my family, if I'm doing healing for other people, if that's what they need. But if I call on him, he's there. Like, so you're saying, I did not you're saying he, you're giving me a lot of male vibes here. Is I, that... For me, it's God. Okay. God Jesus. I, to me, God and Jesus are the same. So okay. God, Jesus, whatever. I don't, I'm not really too, too overwhelmed with that, but I didn't mm-hmm. really have a relationship with God until, uh, until my spiritual journey. Like when my mom died at 16, I kind of gave him the big F you and mm-hmm. said, you took the person from me. So, and plus I grew up Catholic, horrible, like restrictions and all of these, whatever. But, uh, so for me, I just say God spirit universe is what I always say. Universe, I feel is its own being and thing, but God, Jesus, I always see it as one, but it's really kind of the powerful en- energy of them both, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I need them, I ask for them, you know, if I feel that that's who I need, but if I'm doing work or healing or clearing or past life, whatever work I'm doing or mentoring, and that's who steps in, that's who they need or that's who needs to assist. So, um, you know, great. It's awesome to it's awesome to just be open and, and available to who and what I need or somebody else needs. You know? And to really picture that you have it's not just like you're not we're not alone out here. We're not we're not floating no. through this on this giant space rock alone. It's like no. not only do we have the loved ones around us, but we have like an entire team of spirit. Yep. And the more open you are, the more you get to feel. That's why I say feel their energy. You ask God to come close. What do you feel? Like I got whole full body tingles when I said that. What do you feel if you ask God to hug you? What do you feel if you ask the angels? So a lot of times I'll ask the angels to like surround someone and just really let them feel love. Let them feel protection. If they're feeling, you know, hurt or betrayed, just let them feel relief. Let them release it, whatever it is. You know, I just say, who do they need? You know, and then I kind of sick whoever they need on them. Like, let them feel you. Let them surround you. So if, if, you know, we're doing a session or whatever, I'm like, okay, you might feel the angels come close. You might feel a, 
spirit always kind of tells me like they're going to feel it like a warm or a breeze or like a swirling energy, whatever. So I would just kind of say what you might experience and then then they're kind of allowed to feel what they feel and experience what they experience. But, you know, and that's just part of being really open because the more open you are, the more powerful it is. Like if you try to go in all uber control freak, then you're not going to get all right. of the guides or ones or all of that stuff that could be coming in to help you to heal, to clear, to get clarity. Like you're really cockblocking yourself by controlling, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like you really can't be at, you can't straddle the line like that. You really have to completely yeah. give yourself over, at least mentally. It probably all starts mentally before you can get to that emotional place and feel really open as you're communing with spirit, which is why yep. med meditation and things like that is pretty important. So that you can understand how to be in a place of like calmness and then be in a place of receiving. Like it all kind of works together. Yep. Yeah, because the, the less overwhelm in your mind in your body in your soul like the easier it is like I connect to spirit quickly and easily if I like to say fast fun and easy like I don't have doubt or fear if I ask before I even finish a sentence like I already know the answer but if you're constantly you know controlling or overthinking or doubting or fearing or your anxiety so I have anxiety I've had anxiety and panic and depression anxiety and panic attacks from the age of two or three you know I have ADHD you have to learn to calm those things. And part of that was really healing and learning to calm my mind and energy protection and clearing and, you know, a combination of all of those things. Because I remember the, the day that I was like, why am I not overwhelmed and panicky and heart racing and blacking out? Like I couldn't figure out why, you know, I wasn't having all of the normal stuff. And it was like, oh my God, I'm really healing, you know? And then just got so much easier to connect to spirit. It got so much easier to be open and ask for what I want and receive it or recognize it. You know, it's such a different place, like of how I spent the first 39 years of my life versus the last six, you know, and it's, it's available and possible to you. You have to invest time, money, and energy into yourself, into your healing journey and, you know, find what works for you. Meditation was what worked for me. I have ADHD. It took me months to be able to meditate. Like I dedicated myself every day to it every day you know I found a way to make it work but that was my biggest healing method until I started working in past lives you know and um, meditation just really might not work for some and that's okay but that doesn't mean that something isn't there for you you know oh yeah if you I mean and by yeah. now we've explored previously like different ways to kind of connect with that part of yourself and relax into meditation because you know so many people kind of get freaked out when they hear that word and they just think they yeah. automatically can't do it. So and my, I just recorded with someone that kind of gave us some pretty good tips about how to release yourself from those expectations before you meditate. I wanted to ask you, how important do you think it is to understand past lives to work through this life's current trauma? I think if you either yourself are not working in your past lives, you know, as part of your kind of who you are and what you do, uh, then you should be working with somebody because I feel like you're missing out on half of who you are, who you can be. You know, you could be being held back by a lot of different things. I want to say it's like you're really only like at half capacity if you're not understanding and working in your past lives or, you know, working with somebody like me to help you clear or break through or understand whatever it is. But, you know, there's so much not I don't want to say it's all bad and negative. There is stuff you need to clear, but there's so much wisdom and, and power. And even just witnessing yourself being a powerful healer, being a mom. Like I've had people, you know, just needed to witness themselves being a really good mom, like being loved by their kids and their spouse and their partner and, 
you know, like, and it's just really powerful to witness that you've had that it's in you. It's you're worthy of it and deserving. And, you know, it's, it's just to me, like if you're not, you know, even if you don't want to do it as a business or, you know, whatever, adding it into kind of part of your personal routine is so important. And it's, to me, it's, it's just half of who you are and who you can be. Can I ask you about a past life of mine? Yeah. I really want to know if I was ever, if I was alive during the gold rush. Was that 1800s? At least so. I can Google it. it's kind of interesting how spirit shows it to me so so how it usually happens so when people ask me questions like that they already like flash it to me really fast okay that's why i start asking questions like okay is that is that her as who i'm seeing is that you know usually whoever i'm seeing is you um it's usually not somebody else in in that life so right really man like dark hair not very tall kind of like a like a white so you will hear me tell you what I see and what is being presented if I've detailed about it for some reason it needs to be detailed so okay um, almost like a whitish button-up shirt but like a hat like a like a hat on too so it's almost like if it's really hot uh but then uh pants boots I'm like why would you wear boots in the water if you're like panning for gold um but it's almost like like sloshy I don't know it's almost like a protective but uh definitely not wealthy because I, I'm really confused in how they're saying it because it's like wealth is there but you struggled to like if you would get gold it's almost like you had a big stash once and then somebody got it or there's always these roadblocks or stumbles for you. So today, if you have, you make really big progress and then it just feels like you get wiped out and then you make really big progress and it feels like you get wiped out. Like mm-hmm. it could be a pattern. Like that's kind of what they're showing in that lifetime of um, like success. I'm So I'm just asking, well, were you ever like really wealthy and successful from that? Like were you able to overcome that? And they said like that lifetime, it was very, very much you were able to gain or you know get but you were also quick to lose whether you made poor choices um something happened like there's always kind of a a caveat of you know ooh okay you got this and now we're going to you know what i mean like there wasn't a lot of excess let's say it like that so uh not that spirit is saying that that might be exactly what's happening in your life today but there might be some events in your current life where you get really high, you do really well, and then the rug gets ripped out. And then it's like, what the fuck? You know, so maybe there's spirit saying like maybe two or three bigger things where it kind of feels like this big progress and momentum and the roadblock feels like, fuck, like it just feels like everything's being taken away. But then, you know, um, how spirit's kind of saying it is like, you probably overcome some of them as well. Like, Maybe they ripped the whole rug out and everything got taken, but you were able to rebuild in a way better way. Like it felt like the end of the world at the time, but it gave you opportunity, you know, to change and to grow, Okay, which sucks at the moment. But, you know, in the moment when everything is being ripped away from us, it fucking sucks. But- For some reason, I always thought that I had some un- like great love during the gold rush. <laughs> Interesting. So well, let me see. Not really showing that aspect of it. Isn't but- that weird? <laughs> 
great love, great love, great love besides the abundance and the wealth. Traveling. Feels like, was it California-ish? I can't, I don't even know what state yeah. it was in. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was 1848 to 1855, California. Like the camps, the camps, the camps. I keep hearing the camps. Like the camps don't seem super conducive for like relationships. No. Because uh, I'm like, did you make enough to move on and have a family? Did you have a family? Did you have to travel? Like They're like, no, you died in a river. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in the Oregon Trail. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's the Oregon Trail. You have dysentery. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I was trying to see what else. It was almost like how they're kind of saying like like the abundance and wealth. So it's almost like that. Okay, so you know in this lifetime when people say it's retrograde and then everybody like has this panic attack and they think their whole life is going to shit. Like the energy of that time was like so overwhelming and weird that it's how that's it's really masking the other things because i'm like that's not a very big period of time for this gold rush thing to happen so like what was the relationship was it important is it important to recognize or witness uh because it doesn't feel like it's a love with money or gold or wealth you know what i mean right so, um because it it feels like there is that physical love aspect but definitely not at kind of that it's time. not intermingled in the energy of like this chaos it almost just feels like every man for himself like if you turn your back you're gonna get shanked you know it's almost like, yes. like prison wars you know what i mean like you it was hard to concentrate on anything but keeping your shit and not like getting like dis like i kind of tracks that i would bring that energy with me into this lifetime though because <laughs> i've definitely had like i came into this i came into this world as like a fighter as a as a fighter essentially and like what i've learned is like i don't have to fight so hard in this lifetime like it's going to come yes and you're worth way more and that's how it's interesting because that's how i kind of feeling it in that lifetime like even though the wealth felt good there was something about you that knew that you were just better than that that was just kind of a means for you at the moment you know what i mean like mm -hmm. ooh. Because I'm just asking, like, did you go on to do, like, bigger things then? Like, you know, because it really isn't about the wealth in that lifetime, but it's really about, like, the, uh, like, really who you were kind of at the core of it. Like, all of those things happened and it didn't destroy you. You still were able to go on and do. And, like, this lifetime might be, like, parallel, like, a fighter, you're going on, you're doing things. But the reality is you don't, you, like you said, you don't have to fight so hard because, you really just got to lean into you because you're already that powerful and important and really leaning into that and exuding it, like leaning into who you already are. You know what I mean? You don't have to prove anything to anyone or bring anything forward because you are enough exactly as you are. Anything I else actually, that you like, stuff? Yes. I like just had this really weird shift happen to me where and I, I could just be because are you into human design at all? I... A little, not like I'm not passionate about it. Okay, so I'm 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 passionate about everything. That's who, what my personality <laughs> is. Okay, <laughs> but um, but so I have I'm I'm an emotional in my human design, and so I like I have these waves that kind of happen. So it's like I'm on the top of the wave with my emotion, over the bottom of the wave with my emotion, and I'm not supposed to really make a decision when I'm at the, when I'm peaking or I'm at the bottom because it's like, I'll feel something very strongly. I'm supposed to wait till I'm kind of in the middle to like make a big decision, like wait, 
right? That's like a lot of, a lot of my chart and everything is like, I need to wait to respond or I need to wait to receive, right? Instead of like just jumping into something. Um, so I'm putting that into practice, but I recently just came into this whole thing where I'm like, I like, I want to maybe not be so public. I want to, and I'm not, I'm like literally not famous. Like I have friends that have like 400,000 Instagram followers or a million TikTok followers. Like I'm literally not a famous person, but I just went into this, this thing where I'm like, I want to be, I want to hide. Like I don't, not even like in a bad way, just in a way that like, I don't need other validation. Yes. And And so I'm really kind of rethinking how I'm presenting myself to the world, not just through social media, through the podcast, like business ventures. And I'm like really asking myself, what do I have to gain from being as loud as I am? And I want to make sure that my voice is being used for my purpose, which I I believe is to like heal and like help other people. But I just want to make sure it's coming from that place and not, and and it really takes a lot of courage for me to continually put myself out there. I don't think like other people understand how hard it is. Like I really am. I, I really, I really do kind of just want to be in a little cave, yeah. but it's like something keeps pushing me forward to like put myself out there, whether it be an image of myself or my voice or my thoughts or my feelings. So I'm really struggling with that, like back and forth right now and really making sure that like the reason I'm putting myself out there and the reason that I'm being as loud as I am is not because I need validation. Yep. And like a a big part of your kind of ascension journey is what I always like to say. Your growth journey is, you know, so for you create some really solid boundaries with people and spirit. So if you really start, you know, connecting with your guides and whatnot, you want to have really solid boundaries, but Mm -hmm. those boundaries are, if you are not getting something in return, stop giving. Even if it's a friend, your best friend, your sister, your mom, if you are constantly giving, giving your wisdom, your insights, your love, your protection, your whatever the hell it is, and you are not getting something back in return, either pretty immediately or you know you can call that friend and they'll have your back in two seconds. That's totally fine. But if you keep giving and giving and giving and uh, not receiving, you got to put up that boundary because you really start to realize how much people take advantage of you, how much, you know, how much of your knowledge and wisdom and beauty and strength and and purpose you are just literally shitting all over the world and not getting anything in return for it, you know. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to get money back, but you know, are they going to invite you on their jet when you're like healing or helping them or or you know, whatever it is, like really set some solid ass boundaries and enforce them. Like And that is like you're with your bouncer guide and your main guide enforce those boundaries so that a they can enforce it on the kind of spiritual and energetic side. But you need to enforce them on the human side, because if you are loosey goosey with enforcing it, spirit has a hard time enforcing your boundaries. Got you. So if you're all out in the astral and human plane and you're like, I'm not going to let her walk all over me. If she texts me, I'm not going to go do it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to keep going to these parties or getting into these political conversations or accepting people on my podcast that I really don't want, like, because I feel guilty, no more, just no, you know, and you create that boundary and enforce it. And it's hard at first, you feel a little guilty, like, oh, you know, I, I usually give or overgive. And it's like, no, you got to be done because it depletes you and it drains you. It's hard for you to make money and charge more for your services and feel connected to what you do. I feel like I've it's- always been like, I'm, I think, I think I'm good with boundaries. I feel like over the last year and a half, what I've been, what I've really been working on is something in this life. There's something to do with friendships that I'm supposed to be working on. 
like specifically because I've had to just stop like putting so much into friendships or more so this is a recent conversation I had with someone is I I've realized very recently and I'm I'm an old lady now okay <laughs> but I I this is something I feel like many people learned earlier in their life and I just never learned it but so once I know you I consider you a friend and mm-hmm. I'm not talking like you know you've held my hand in a hospital bed or or yeah. anything. I'm just like we know like now you know me and someone's like do you know Erin I'd be like yeah she's like you know I had her on my podcast I wouldn't think we were friends but if we like started talking I just automatically assume we were friends yeah and a lot of people uh don't just automatically be like I know her jump to friend a lot of people have this little section called acquaintances yeah yep. <laughs> okay and I don't like I, I've never really considered either I, I know who you are or you're my friend. I've never really had like an acquaintance section that I put people in. And I've had to learn like very recently that I, I'm an acquaintance to a lot of people. A lot of people don't consider me a friend, even though yeah. I consider them a friend. And I or I better yet, I should say I consider myself a friend to them because if they yes. were to come to me to ask me for anything or they needed needed me for anything, like I would be there for them. And it's, this is like a really weird and hard lesson for me to learn because as I'm kind of running through this tab of people in my life, I realize how many people are actually friends and how many people are actually just acquaintances. Yep. And that, and that's where the boundaries come in because when you start really realizing, like if you like went through that text list and, and, you know, so I, I'll tell you two examples like I had two people in my life that kind of left my life at the same time for different reasons. And um, I didn't really think that we wouldn't be as close as we were. And it was like, they just cut out of my life. And it was people that I'd been like really close with for years. And it really hit me. And I was just like, well, what the fuck? Like, how can they just cut me out that easy? You know, when we talked every day for Mm -hmm. years, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it makes you reevaluate and be like, well, fuck, did I misread it? Or you know, obviously in one situation, it was like, well, okay, you know, I guess I served a purpose, but you know, you got to look at it in a way too of, well, I guess, you know, whatever we were, I was supposed to learn from that time is what I learned and, you know, allowing myself to move on and not keep holding that like hope that there's still going to be a friendship or a connection, allowing myself to release it and let it go. And knowing that it's not because I'm not worthy or deserving, or I did something wrong. It's just, you know, I guess that time was served, you know, and I learned what I learned and, you know, I got what I needed out of it, you know, and it's, it's a hard space when you don't have a lot of close people in your life anyway, and you lose them, you know, and especially on your spiritual journey, when you start having those awakenings and big shifts and healing, and you're like, oh my God, that person is super toxic, you know, and sometimes you can't cut people out, but you'll really pull back and how much you allow them in your life, you know, and it's like, you know, that's a boundary. That's like, I really love them, but they really don't make me feel good about myself or I can't keep handling, listening to them complain about bad relationships when they keep choosing bad relationships or they choose not to heal or whatever it is, you know? So really, you know, yeah, that's something that's that's been really hard for me because I'm going through a divorce, the divorce of, of forever. Let's call it the divorce that (laughs) never fucking ends. And, um, which is why I'm like racing towards the finish line of, you know, this marathon, because I'm like at the end, at the very end, I'm free. (laughs) But, but it's been, what's really been hard for me is um, other women that are in 
their marriages and is I have friends that are in really solid marriages and nobody's perfect, but it's like the way that they have resolved conflicts with their spouse is healthy, <laughs> you know, like nobody's yeah. perfect. But then I'll have, you know, I have, I have other friends, um, that would stay in these marriages when they've literally told their spouse, like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Like, or this really hurts me or they'll go to counseling forever or whatever. And then their spouse like does nothing Mm -hmm. and doesn't change. And then their fear keeps them in their marriage. Like the fear of leaving or being alone or whatever that looks like. Right. And it, you know, of course I, I feel that fear, felt that fear. I don't feel that fear so much now. I really do trust that everything's working out for me. But of course that's terrifying when you've been in a marriage and you're leaving your spouse, especially as a woman. And you're like, how does this money work? And how am mm-hmm. I going to, what, what do you mean? I'm not going to see my kids maybe every fucking day. Like, what are you talking about? Like, of course it's ter- It's fucking terrifying. I don't think, you know, it's really scary, but it's so hard for me. And I would never, ever tell anyone to like leave their deadbeat husband or whatever. But it's like, once you've told me that like, you're not getting anything good out of your marriage anymore. And essentially what I'm hearing is the only reason you're staying in your marriage is out of fear. I, 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 it's like, I can't, like, I don't, I can't. I mean, you're just literally wasting your life, you know? Yes. And that's such a, it's a big thing on everybody's journey, their healing journey, their their growth journey, because who are you without the pain, without the trauma, without the bad relationship? Like you don't know who you are without those things that have held, you've let hold you back for so long or have held you back for so long. And it's like, well, okay. Is it just easier to stay stuck in this miserable place? You know, cause I don't know. What if I can't make it? What if I can't, you know, and then all of that fear and doubt comes in, but it's like, do you really want to live 20 more years with somebody you fucking hate? Like, you know, that's misery. Like you're not guaranteed tomorrow. My mom died when she was 42. I was 16. Like, you know, it is not worth wasting your life because you're, you know, you're somewhat comfortable, but you're miserable. Whatever it is, you know, it's, it's not worth sticking around for shit that sucks. And I also think it's like, yes, those things, those things do help shape you. But the, the part of it that helps shape you is the climbing out, <laughs> like the facing the the literal little tiny speck that really shifts you and propels you into the next phase of who you are and why you're on this planet. And you're, so, you know, it is that little part where you actually look the fear in the face and you're like, fuck you fear. I'm doing this. And you start climbing out like that's when you're that's when you get to like get to the next level. And that's really what changes you, like what helps you grow. And like you could like, yeah, you're going to learn a ton of lessons, you know, staying in a in a relationship that doesn't serve you or a job that doesn't serve you or a body that you're not happy in. But like the piece that's really that really shifts everything for you is saying, I don't like this. And then actually trying to do something about it. Yeah. The lesson the lesson could take 20 years or the lesson could take you know, I'm sorry. Like, just like diets. It's like, how many of you done that never really worked out? You know, it's like, you know what you want, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out for you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, you know, I, I was 39 before I, you know, I had gastric sleeve. I had just a lot. I was like, I just, I just need relief, you know? So I had gastric sleeve and, but I was miserable. I love my husband, love my kids, but I hated my life. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'd been through therapy and medication and I tried different things and nothing worked. And I just gave up, you know, and finally, you know, I threw down at when I was in recovery uh, of the surgery and I said, I need something. I just threw it out to the whole 
the whole universe. I was like, I need something, please. I hate my life. And within a couple of weeks, I met my spiritual mentor, you know, and, but I had to develop, you know, devote time and money and energy. Like I had to face the hard stuff, all the trauma that I've been stuffing down. Like that is not easy. It sucks. We stuff it down for a reason. We learn to survive for a reason, but it is so freeing when it's not in control of your life anymore. Like, I don't even know, you know, it's so hard to even say what my days were like before. I don't have 24 seven panic and anxiety and, and panic attacks and, and overwhelm and, and like, what if, like not having to have that and live in that every day, it's so freeing in and of itself. And that's why I mentor others. Cause it's like my spiritual journey changed my life, you know? And that might not be what it is for everybody else, but be open. Just ask God's spirit universe. What do I need? What is going to help me get to the next level, leave my marriage or, you know, whatever it is, like be, feel more powerful or, you know, know that I'm worthy and deserving of whatever, like start throwing it out to God's spirit universe. You don't need to know who's out there. You don't need to know what it is. Please show me the way, what do I need to be doing and start paying attention to those little signs again. They're going to start dropping to you. Maybe you start seeing something for a breath work. Maybe you start seeing it online and then it's virtual. And then you go to the, you know, the Hardee's. I don't know why Hardee's is coming up, but maybe you go by Hardee's and there's a yoga studio doing breath work. Like that's a fucking sign. Like what's a Hardee's? What's a, what's a Hardee's? I don't know. Hardee's. I think it's Carl's Jr. And the cool part of this. Oh, okay. States. Okay. Yes. Iowa. Yeah. It's fucking Hardee's. You know, <laughs> we suck. I think it's Carl's Jr. Out in the, out in the West, but. Um, I used to love a Western bacon cheeseburger. I can't even tell you the last time that I had a Western bacon cheeseburger back in the day, 14 year old Tristan, I could get down on a Western bacon cheeseburger. I so remember good. back when I was young, they used to have chicken finger, like chicken stick fingers at Hardee's. Yes. They were so damn good. God, well, I'm 45 and I don't know how many years ago that was. So whatever, like, you know, 20-ish, five-ish years ago. It's like, ooh, those were good. <laughs> okay. So the podcast is called What Not To Do. So what I like to do is always ask my guests to give a little what not to do. You can give several if you like, but just kind of leave our listeners with some little lasting words to kind of take with them. What not to do. Oh, what not to do. So don't what not to do don't give up there is something out there for you whatever it is you know have faith you don't need to know who what where when or why it's coming from if you really throw it out to god's spirit universe god's spirit universe will provide if you can you know not be a control freak and really just let stuff ask for what you want allow it to come to you and receive it when it does it's a total mind game and it takes some practice but if you can be open to what you're asking for and it coming in all kinds of a variety of ways, then everything used to be awesome, you know, and really just finding what works for you on your healing journey and your growth journey and finding your own personal power. I love it when people really come into their own power, you know, and what not to do is, is to give up and to let other people be in control of you and to let your life, whatever has happened to you, choice or not choice, be in control of you and what happens to you and what you get to do and what you get to accomplish. Nobody gets to decide what happens to you in your life. Only you do. So if you continue to allow your life circumstances to beat your ass, then that's what's going to continue to happen. You know, there's so much available for you, you know, and you don't have to have anybody else validate that for you or give it to you. It's open and available. You do not have to do anything and you're already deserving and worthy. Okay. But in the same breath, that we understand that this is available to us. This relationship with spirit is available to us in the same breath that we understand that it is inherently ours. We also, what I'm hearing is 
understand that just like anything else, you're going to have to do work to become, yep. to, to become one with this kind of way of thinking, way of living. You have to actually work on your spirituality. So like, it means like putting aside time to practice, either getting silent, being still communicating with your spirit guides, trying automatic writing, um, and start asking for signs, whatever the case may be, you, you need to be the one that says like, if I'm actually serious about moving forward on my spiritual journey and like being a spiritual person and communing with spirit, then like I have to put the work and time in. It's not just going to happen. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's with anything, like the stronger you want your connection to spirit and the more you want to heal the, you know, the more you have to be able to release the human stuff and the trauma and the pain and all of the stuff that we hold on to prevents us from getting and having and manifesting and doing and being in so many ways. You know, spirit just enhances our life and brings good stuff to it. The less that we have holding us back in all ways, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, the better and more connected we get to be to everything that we want. Our kids, our our, our already husband, our soon-to-be husband, somebody we're trying to call in, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. The more that you are really connected to who you really are and open and available, that stuff literally just starts falling into your lap instead of like having to reach and scramble and pray and wish that you were deserving and worthy. Like when you reverse those, that, that stupid playground thing, the, well, it was like the rite of death when I was young, but they're kind of showing that like you can either sit down, brace and have fun on it, or you can get thrown off. Like, oh, they do like the little thing that spins around. Yeah, with the weird <laughs> handles where you could either sit on it or you could like sit on the floor of it. You know, it was like the yeah. Now they like, now they're like plastic and they're kind of curved up like a like a cup like a yeah. That's they're not they're safer fun. now and they don't go. Remember to like burn your legs when you would sit on it, but it was totally worth it because if you didn't hold on, then you just get flown off. Like as right. Yeah. So like you you know there's the harder I don't want to say the harder that you work because it's not really what it is, but the more you allow yourself to release and the more you know, the more that you can connect to spirit, the more open you can be, the easier it is to manifest. Like you call something in and it's there, you know, it just gets easier and life gets easier when you're not overwhelmed and overburdened with emotion and your pain and your trauma. When your trauma is no longer the driver of your bus, everything else gets to be easier, you know, and that's part of your journey, finding what works for you, you know, maybe it is channeling and, and automatic writing for me it was meditation and at that time, it was Reiki and connecting to spirit and learning to let go and processing. And, you know, I created some methods for me to process and understand what, you know, things that I had been through. But it's really every single day I give energy to, okay, what is my role and responsibility here? You know, if they were, I was triggered by something, like it's healing is a lifelong process. It is not a snap the fingers. If it was a snap the fingers, everybody would be rich, famous, and skinny. Like, let's just be honest. Like, that's just what it would be. But you know, anything worth having is worth working hard for, you know, and I do uh, like this idea, this seed that you just planted in my head of like trauma, not driving the bus anymore, meaning like there is a place, there is a point in time where we could have successfully worked through all of our trauma, processed our trauma. And so if something rises up because it's inherently built into us at that point, but if like something rises up, we then have the tools because we've already worked through it to be like, that's not really my story anymore. Yeah. I've already processed that. And I yep. think that's a really important thing to kind of leave other, other listeners and listeners that are here right now, listening to this right now is like, there does, there, there is, there is an end in which you yep. are a healed being. <laughs> yep. And, and that's the thing. It's 
once you kind of process and heal through these things, are they still part of your life? Yes. You're, you might still get triggered, but now all I do is ask spirit like, okay, what is this? Why is it coming up? And what do I need to do about it? Because I'm usually getting triggered because something else in my life happened that, you know, reminds me of that event or occurrence. It's not coming back to punish me. And it's not coming back because I'm not healed. It's coming back because it's like, ooh, I remember the last time I felt like this, this was happening. So then I just ask spirit, do I need to clear it? Do I need, is there something I need to understand? Is there something I need to process? Is it a past life thing? And I, I go right in right away and I address it and then I move on. Like it's no longer days, weeks, or months in the black hole, you know, and it's so freeing. I love it. I love it, man. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today, my friend. I really Absolutely. appreciate you coming you on. Get me updated. We text now so you can tell me where you're at with your house stuff. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Are you on, you're on Instagram, right? Did you include all your links so I can put it in the show notes yeah. for everybody? Yep. Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to put where you can find Aaron if you're interested in kind of learning how to dive deep into your own Akashic Records, learning about your past lives. What other kind of work do you do with people? Um, So you're really helping them, you know, enhance and develop their intuition, really connect, you know, uh, kind of like some of the stuff we're talking about, like calming down the mind so that you can connect to spirit easier, energy protection and clearing and just really, really expanding your gifts and abilities. I like to say that multidimensional space. So being really open to who and what you need, spirit realms, beings, timelines, past lives, you know, just being so open that it's just easy, you know, and part of it, unfortunately, we do have to get kind of through some of that mindfuckery space. So. Yes. A lot of it is moving through the mindfuckery. Yep. <laughs> um, so you can like be open. Otherwise, how, you know what I mean? You got to keep turning off yep. those voice again and again, turn off the voice, turn off the voice, turn off the voice. Okay. Now I'm ready. Okay. Thank you, Aaron, so much. Um, and you guys can catch Aaron. I'll put everything in the show notes for you. Thank you for your time and goodbye. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. You too. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. You're unbelievable. This has been the What Not To Do podcast. To keep up with the latest podcast news, follow along on our Instagram page at What Not To Do PC. Be a doll, would you? Don't forget to like, follow, and share this podcast. You're unbelievable.